ministry leaders. Uh, we've got a great group of, of men and women who are excited about working in the kingdom of God. And it thrills me very, very much uh, to hear each and every one of them when we preach. They're not novices, and that's what excites me. And did you know uh, the reason for that is that light back there in Wordshot? It has been a great, great development. And I was so thrilled when we had green light and we had young, young men <laughs> that were fantastic. I was challenged and inspired. I didn't walk away feeling like, well, you know, I could have taken that or I could have left that. I was challenged. And I'm so very, very thankful for that. That is a representation of a church that is willing to invest. And because of your investments, we reap the rewards of it. And so this morning, Brother Nate Reese is going to come and deliver the word of the Lord to us. Brother Nate Reese, God bless you. We love you. We love your family. We want you to come preach the word this morning. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, saints of God. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I give double honor to my pastor and to these men that are up here with me. To all of you wonderful saints of God. I salute you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As pastor was talking about all the children that have been born of late, couldn't help but think about the children of Israel as they were oppressed. And they tried, Pharaoh tried to stop that process. And he was unsuccessful. And in the house of the Lord, we don't die, we multiply. And no matter how hard the enemy tries to fight against us, amen, God will always have a church and we will always, amen, be giving birth in these altars. There will always be a time and a season for revival. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you would stand with me and open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Now we'll begin reading at verse number 17. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Jesus Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I mean, if you put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's ask the Lord to be our helper. Father God, we pray, Lord, that you would minister to us 
this morning, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would put your words in my mouth, Father Lord. I pray, God, that you would anoint our ears to hear. Help us, Lord, to be doers of your word and not hearers only. In the name of Jesus, we need your anointing, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to draw my lesson this morning from verse number 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So I want to talk about being reconciled, a message of reconciliation. So this, this word reconcile simply means to restore friendship or harmony, to settle or resolve, to make consistent or congruous, to cause, to submit, or to accept something unpleasant, to reconcile, to account for. Amen. And in order for us to understand this process of reconciliation, we first must have to understand that what is it that we need reconciliation? What, why do we need reconciliation? How, do, how is it that we reconcile? And, and what, do we, what is it that we are reconciling? And so we have to turn our attention to the very beginning in the beginning in Genesis we see the creation of man who is placed in the garden of Eden and he is in perfect harmony with God his creator Adam is given a companion Eve who was created from Adam's rib Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And together, this unit, they were placed in this garden to tend to what God had given to them. And it was Eve, we later read that it was Eve who was beguiled by the serpent. And she's convinced to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she loves Adam so much that she shares with him. I say that in jest, so you can, it's okay, you can laugh. She, she loved him so much that she said, I ain't going down all by myself, baby. You coming, you coming with me. <laughs> and so we know that their eyes are open. Immediately, they recognize that they are naked. And in verse number 6 in chapter 3, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Isn't it just like fallen humanity to try and immediately cover up? And so they sewed, to, they sewed these leaves together. And in verse number 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, 
Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself and said, Who told thee? And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So the characteristics of sinful nature are immediately displayed. Because following that in, in, in verse number 12, they begin to blame one another. And so verse 12, and the man said, the woman that thou gavest to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. You can see there's, there's, no, there's no ownership of what they had just committed. They were trying to pass the buck. They were, it's not my fault. I'm, I, I'm yeah, I'm the victim. I don't, don't, don't blame me, Lord. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault. That woman that you gave me, you're the one that put me to sleep, God. You took her out of my rib, <laughs> took a rib out of my body. You made her. It was that one. She's the one that that caused me to fall. And, and, and so we see the, the, character, the, the characteristics of, of sinful nature. And um, as they begin to blame one another, we see the judgment of God. God begins to bring judgment to the man and to the woman. And uh, thank you, Adam, that I've got to get up every morning at 530 and I've got to go out and I've got to work so that way I can pay my bills. And the women, you guys can thank Eve for that, that hard labor that you have to give. And, um, and so here we are. We've, we, we, we have this sinful nature that we have to deal with. It's real. And, um, and so we've got to, to deal with that. In verse 21, in chapter 3, verse 21, unto Adam... Also, and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. So what they had tried to use to cover themselves, God said, that's, that's not good enough. And so there was shedding of blood, and, and we see this covering of skin that God gives to them. And then in verse number 24, it says, So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And so Adam and Eve were exiled from this garden. So now they've got this sinful nature and this perfect harmony in which they were, that they had and they, they were able to enjoy. They are now put outside of the garden. Um, this fellowship that they so enjoyed with God and, and, and just being able to be there and all of its purity had, had been tainted now. And so here they are on the outside. And four chapters into the fall of Adam and Eve, we read of the first homicide, the first murder that takes place. And so this thing begins to quickly escalate. You begin to see the, the, the descent of humanity. In verse number 3 in chapter 4, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock 
and of the tree thereof, or in the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt not be, excuse me, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which had opened up her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. So we're seeing this, this, this rapid escalation of, of wickedness. And so here, Cain, if he just would have got things right, if he just would have listened and hearkened to the voice of God and brought forth an offering that was acceptable, all would have been well. But he's dealing with this fallen nature, with this humanity, because, you see, when we're told to do right, when you don't want to do right, you're going to go against that which is, which is, which is right. I, I know that. Does that make sense? When we're told to do something and we don't want to do it, we're just not going to follow instructions. We're going to do it our way. It's going to, I'm going to do it my way. So fallen humanity wants to do things our way. We don't want to do things God's way. That's why, that's why we, we fight and wrestle against Scripture, because we want to please this flesh. And so... We see this, this murder take place. This is two brothers here. This isn't even, this is not even like, you know, somebody coming in and trying to take, take their food or, or, or take their land. This is, this is a brother-on-brother -brother crime here. And, um, and so we see the influence of sinful man. Going to the book of Genesis chapter 13, we see the influence of Abraham upon Lot seems to fade very quickly and the longer that he stays in this place called Sodom that he becomes to be influenced by the wickedness that is in that city in chapter 13 verse number 13 says but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly Technology. All right. Verse number 13, the, the, the sinners were before, I'm sorry, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Verse number 5 says, and they... In verse number 19, if you would turn there with me, Genesis chapter 19, verse number 5. 
And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Before now I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good to your eyes only unto these men. Do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. This, if when you read this chapter, we, we understand that that angels had been sent. Uh, Abraham had interceded for Lot, his nephew. Angels had been sent to bring Lot out of this wicked city before its destruction. And while these angels went into Lot's house, the men of that city, they were so wicked that they looked upon these men. They wanted to lay with them. This was a, a place where it was very, very wicked, as has already been stated. Um, homosexuality was very prevalent in this city. And um, these men wanted to know them. They, they did not just want to shake their hand, but they wanted to lay with these men. And when you look at this passage, look at the condition of Lot and where he is at now. He is in a place where he is willing to offer up a virgin daughter to these men. Now, I don't know about you. But if I had 15, 20, I don't care if it was one chump at my door. I'm not sending my beautiful daughters, none of them, to be abused by any man. And so here's, here's Lot, and he's willing now. Here, take, take one of my daughters. Please your carnal flesh. So we, we see here, and I only bring these to you this morning so that we can understand the nature of fallen humanity. So the things that you wrestle with in your mind and, and the thoughts that you wrestle with, it's because of Adam, the fall of humanity. Amen. Sin, it entered into the world. Amen. So we see this, this wrestling that, that takes place. Under Moses' leadership, God sets up the Levitical priesthood and establishes the law. And if you would turn me to the book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 6. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. So we've got to understand that there, there has to be a, a blood sacrifice. There is an offering that is given. So once a year, the high priest would go in, he would offer up this offering for the people, and not just for the people, people alone, but also for himself. And Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse number 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Amen? There is no remission of sins. Hallelujah. So we need the blood, church. 
We need the blood. We need the blood to be applied to our lives. We need the blood, amen, to remove and to remit and to wash away our sins. And so we're dealing with this, this fallen nature, this, this sinful nature. And so in, other, in order to get out from underneath the headship of, of Adam, we've got to get underneath the headship of Christ. And so how, how do we move from this carnal state, from this fallen nature? How do I get from a place to where I'm constantly, continually thinking evil and, and, and I've got this hate in my heart and, and a sinful nature that is in a place that is outside of the harmony of a relationship with God? How do I get into the headship of of Christ. We need the blood. The blood has to be applied to us. It's got to be applied through through baptism. Amen. In Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 18, therefore as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men Unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've got to understand that God didn't need the blood. Jesus didn't need the blood. We, fallen humanity... We needed the blood. The blood of bullocks and goats and heifers. God got tired of all that. And I'm glad he did. And so in Romans chapter number 3 and verse number 25, lets us know, I'm sorry, uh, chapter, Romans chapter 3 verse 23 the scripture says, for all have sinned. So for those of you that think that you're righteous, let's look at the word. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through the faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So if I'm going to get underneath the headship of Jesus Christ, I have to have the blood applied to my life. I have to have the blood. I can't just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I can't just come to an altar and repeat a sinner's prayer. But the blood has to be applied, amen, to my life. In Galatians chapter number 3, verse 22, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up, Unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. 
Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster as to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond or free. There is neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Verse number 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So, if I'm going to get things right with God, and if I'm going to be reconciled unto God, I have to put on Christ. I have to have the blood applied to my life. Amen? If I'm, if I'm going to get out from underneath this Adamic nature, I've got to get under the headship of Jesus. And I have to have the blood applied in baptism. Does everybody understand that? So how do you put on Christ? Just told you. You put it on through baptism in his name. Baptism in the name of Jesus. Not titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but the name. The name. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none of the name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. As a young boy being raised in a Catholic home, I was taken to the Catholic church and somebody held me, which was supposedly my godfather. I don't see that in the scripture anywhere. And they poured water over my head. All they did was wet my head. I wasn't buried with Christ. I didn't put on Christ. They did it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, which are merely titles. But when I was baptized the right way, according to Scripture, I was baptized in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter number 2, verse 36, oh, we love this passage. Verse 36, and there, for let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. 
and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many of the words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. In my opening text, he said, be ye reconciled. I've come to give you a word of reconciliation. Receive it like if it's coming from Jesus. Be reconciled. Make things right. Get back in perfect harmony with your creator. Amen. Turn away from this sin. Repent, Peter said. Repent. Anybody in this place ever repented? What did, did you repent for your, your good deeds? Did you repent for all the good things you did, for opening doors for folks and donating blood? And No, you didn't, you didn't repent for the good things you did. You repented for the sin that was in your life. You repented for the evil. You repented for, for all that was contrary to God. Amen? That's what you repented of. And so when we repent... We turn away from those things. We don't continue to live in them. That's the reason why the scripture says, the old man. We've got to kill the old man. I don't want that old man coming back. And you know what? He tries his best. If you've been around the church long enough, you know, the day after you get baptized in Jesus' name, the old man's going to be right there knocking on your door. The old man, old friends, right? But when you repent and you get things right with God, you are giving up. You're giving up things that you did while you were an old man. And I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about that sinful nature. You're going to walk away from those things. And I really believe one of the reasons why, Pastor, we, church attendance across the board is down is because people just, they don't want to repent. Because if you go to church and you're not convicted, just like these folks were convicted in the book of Acts. The scripture says they were pricked in their heart. If, you, if you're attending church somewhere and you're not pricked in your heart through the preaching of the word of God, I would find another church. I'm glad that in this house, the word of God is preached. Amen. We hear the word of God here. Hallelujah. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. Turn there with me, please. Verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross 
by him to what? To reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he, what? Reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which we and which was preached unto every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. And this passage, this passage lets us know that no matter what we once were, church, saint of God, sinner friend, hear me this morning. What this passage tells us is that no matter what we once were, once we have been buried in the name of Jesus and the blood has been applied to our lives and we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, listen, hey man, it doesn't matter if you are a liar, a cheater, a crackhead, a pimp, a prostitute, a gambler, a hustler, a gangster, a wife beater, and a husband beater, because they have those too. It doesn't matter what you once were. Jesus is going to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. Hallelujah. Think about that for a minute. Let that settle in, in some heads right now. Think about the sin that you have committed. If we could see right now, if you could see my sins up there, I, I think I'd run, Pastor, right now. I'd be, I'd be so ashamed. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. God is going to present, he's going to present you, he's going to present me. Amen, unblameable. Hallelujah. Amen. We need the blood, church. We need the blood. First Corinthians chapter number six and verse number nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But, but, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. You came in a sinner. You were born a sinner. Amen. But when you got the revelation of who Jesus is, and you recognize that you must be baptized in Jesus' name, you were obedient to the gospel. You were obedient to the word. And when the word went forth and said, Be ye reconciled, repent, you were obedient.
Hallelujah. And such were some of you. Think about how many that are in this congregation that could stand today and talk about what you were. What you were. But today, you've been sanctified. You've been justified. Hallelujah. Amen. You can stand with a clear conscience. The law couldn't do that. But the blood was able, amen, to wash and purge your conscience. You can stand, amen, and lift up your hands, amen, to the Lord and worship him with a clear conscience because of the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Book of Revelations, chapter number 1 and verse number 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the king of earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hallelujah. God didn't need the blood. We needed the blood. We were sinful. We had a fallen nature. We were separated, amen, from God. But today, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've put on Christ through baptism, and you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can now enter into the Holy of Holies, amen, and you can have fellowship, amen, with God. And so today I'm preaching to somebody, amen, if you have found yourself on the outside, amen, if you have found yourself in a fallen condition, a fallen state, I'm here to tell you to be reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. He has already shed his blood. All you've got to do is repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God will begin to change your life. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be in a broken condition, a fallen state, but God knows how to pick you up. He knows how to turn your life around. Amen. He knows how to make you whole. He knows how to heal you. He knows how to give you a sound mind. We were once bound in shackles, shackled by sin. Amen. The, 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 the taskmaster Bill McAllister, musicians, if you can come. Taskmaster, he, he, he did whatever he wanted to do with us. If you served the God of this world, you understand what I'm talking about when I talk about an evil taskmaster. All you have to do is, if you look at society today, you can see the wickedness of sin. You can see how far humanity has gotten from the fellowship of God. Tell me how a mother can sell her own daughter, her own flesh and blood, and prostitute and pimp her daughter out to wicked and vile men. 
How can an individual be so evil as to walk in with a loaded gun and while his family sleeps, kill them and then turn the gun on himself? Take a trip to downtown Bakersfield. You don't have to go to Los Angeles. You don't even have to go to San Francisco to see the vile effects of sin in our society. Just recently, there was a man his last name was Epstein, I believe. Rich man, a multi-billionaire. He was arrested and charged for having sex with young children, minors. So sometimes we think we, we want to categorize sin and those that are sinners so we, we look to those that are low in society the crackhead the dope fiend the prostitute but here was a man that you look from the outside he looked good private jets fancy cars but he was a sinner and unfortunately for him, he hung himself in his cell, not realizing, not realizing that God manifested in the flesh, came to this world, made himself lower than the angels. He walked among us. went to Calvary, shed his blood, and died so that we could be reconciled. As evil as it sounds, that man could have found repentance. So I don't care what sin you've committed, what evil you feel you've done. You, you may be here today and say, you know what? I don't think God can forgive me. I'm here to tell you that the blood has the ability to cover every sin. Every sin. Stand with me in the house of the Lord. Saints of God, if you've been washed in the precious blood, we need to rejoice. We need to be grateful. Every time we come into the house of the Lord, we need to be thankful. But can I charge us this morning? If you have received reconciliation, you need to tell somebody about the precious blood of Jesus. Him and what God has done for you in your life. Tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. And if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, and you need your sins covered, we open up these altars. Amen. You can make your way to these altars and you can begin to repent of your sins.
Amen. And there is a just God. There is a just God that will meet you. And he will wash away your sins. He is a forgiving God. Hallelujah. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Why don't we move in together just for a few moments today? Make sure there's harmony with God. Step out of the pew where you are. Walk to the front. Lift up your hands and exalt the name of the Lord together. Thank him. He's a God that reconciles. He's a God that reaches. I thank you, Lord, and praise you and worship you. Don't want to walk in disruption. Don't want to be in exile. Don't want to live under the umbrella of an Adamic nature. Praise God, I've got opportunity today to be under Christ, to walk in his goodness and his peace, his long-suffering. I praise you, Lord. I thank you and praise you. Yes, Lord. You're the God that washes and cleanses and renews. We acknowledge you in the house of God today and give to you thanks and praise you. you give and bring there is none greater there is none beside you there is none else we thank you for a cleansing work 
I thank you that there's opportunity to be in harmony today. Not disruption, not a fallen nature, not in exile somewhere. But I feel your presence and your anointing and your spirit. Praise God. And I'm thankful that you're a God that brings us to strength and anointing. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Praise God. I want to draw somebody not to disruption, but I want to draw somebody to harmony in the house of God. I want to draw somebody not from a fallen nature, but a new creation. All things have passed away. Walk in some things that are new. You're no longer exiled on the outside, but God pulls you into the core of what he's doing in the kingdom of God. Amen. Clap your hands and thank the Lord together. I thank you and praise you. I worship you. Stand upon your word. Recognize the value of your name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. Remember service tonight, 530 prayer in the sanctuary. Let's come and let's have a great, great celebration in the house of God tonight. Amen. God bless you.